Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name's Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And honestly, let the church say gay men. We are finally at the end of Aquatic Horror Month. It's been, I don't want to say awful, but she's been pretty bad. Probably like the month that I've enjoyed the least in the history of our podcast. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we chose them, so I can't complain, but yeah, y'all it's been, it's been hard this month. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the energy in the air. I don't know if the, the theme just fell within a very chaotic month, but these movies have not been serving. They've not been giving me any kind of like life. Like it's been bad girl, but I will say, I think we're ending on a pretty positive note with ghost ship. I think I like this movie a little bit. Yeah. Are we just grumpy? Is that the problem? Um, no, there, we, we kind of like talked about it a little bit in the Patreon bonus episode. I just think there's something with this subgenre. I don't know what they're doing when they make these movies. Cause it always just felt like, I, I like the ocean's already scary. Like I don't need all the extra shit to like make it a point of it being a scary movie. It's just, I feel like they do too much with these, with these aquatic horror movies. Yeah. I don't know about too much. Oh, I mean, what, what do you think? They're not doing enough? I feel like they're doing everything. Did you watch the last movie that we watched? I mean, oh, okay. I guess you're right. That one was a little rough. But I mean, also, were they not doing too much also at the same time that they're doing nothing? I feel like they're overcomplicating these stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think of like aquatic horror and I think of open water, you know, where it's just the two people in the water by themselves the entire time with like sharks surrounding them. Yeah. Like, that's scary. Like, well, I don't, yeah, I, don't I, I guess I agree with you because sometimes it feels like most of the movies that we've watched, it takes us like 45 minutes to get to anything. To anything interesting. Yeah. Except for this one. Gosha yeah. was, you know, she. She has an opening scene that's memorable for sure because that's surely the only thing I remembered about this movie. Yeah. Before we watched the movie, I told Stormy, I remember the opening scene and then I remember we get to see tits. That's all I remembered about this movie. So everything else kind of just came together in a perfect little package, I think the movie uses its runtime pretty effectively. Like, they really don't waste any time in, like, getting to the story. 
And honestly, that's what I need, especially after this month, because you're like, literally, you're right. Like all of these movies have taken at least 30 to 40 minutes to get to anything happening. Like, I don't need that much setup. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't need it. 100%. I don't need it. And then there's movies like Lake Placid where it's just like nothing's going on the entire time. And uh, <laughs> the We Red get Quinn. Betty White. Yeah. But like just bad. Bad all around, girl. Like, again, I, I've apologized already on Twitter. You know, like, I'm so sorry that this subgenre is just not the tea for me. And um, I don't know. I hope that we can also end on a super high note with Underwater. It's been a little bit since I've seen Underwater. I remember... Oh, I don't I, oh, I don't remember if I like it or not. So I hope we end on a high note with that movie because it also has Kristen Stewart. And, you know, that's a good way to wrap up the month. But for the main feed, I think we're ending on a semi high note with Ghost Ship. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Do um, we hate it? Do you not like this movie? No, no, no. It was fine. I think um, in previous episodes, you've said that you really enjoyed aquatic horror. Mm. And I think like I think. I think we've proven. Let the record show that I was lying. (laughs) No, I think we've proven that like it was a nostalgia thing, not a (laughs) an actual enjoyment. I've I've said the word nostalgia at least fifty times this month because it's true. You're right. Like I think it's just I don't know. Like it really was what I I had built up in my head. I thought I was gonna have a good time, and um, I'm sad. I remember saying like, "Oh, I want to get into more aquatic horror. I'm good now. Thank you." um yeah guys but we'll get into ghost ship a little bit later well we i i don't know if we'll have a lot to say or not to be quite honest um but before we get into that i don't know stormy i mean uh, the talk in everybody's lips what everybody's discussing i mean obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much but nope came out obviously very recently um with our recording schedule this is pretty much i mean we're recording this well after seeing the movie um, so I don't know. Should we give like just general thoughts, I suppose? Should we try to avoid spoilers? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It only came out a week ago. Not even a week. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. We don't want to do anything too crazy for anybody who hasn't had the chance of watching it. Um, especially because, you know, the world's crazy and there's like a million things going on right now. And I don't know if anybody's going to just feel safe to go running to the movie theater right now. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can try to do our spoiler-free thoughts um, on Nope really fast before we jump into Ghost Ship. Um... I don't know. Do you want to kick it off? How did you feel about Nope? Um, I, because of Jordan Peele, like his past two movies, having so much for me to like latch onto and dig into and dig into deeper meaning, I was really searching for that this time. And I'm sure there's something there. I definitely need to watch it a couple more times before I really unearth anything. Um, But I was so focused on finding the little details that I feel like I didn't enjoy it as much as like an alien movie that I could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing with Peel movies is like at this point, I think people do go into it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like they are looking for, like you said, the deeper meaning. And yeah. So, so for like, I was kind of that same way too, because like the entire time we were watching it, I was like, I, there were so many things, and again, it is pill. So, like, I feel like obviously he is putting things in there that want you to be like he wants you to be confused. I think at times as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's certain moments in the movie where like things are happening, and I'm like, I want like us to, I want that to be elaborated on. Yeah, and we really don't get that. Um, but quite honestly, girl, I really like this movie. Quite I don't too. I don't. I don't. I think it's maybe too early. I've only seen it once. I don't want to say it's like my favorite pill film, and I don't know if, if it. I don't know. It's hard to like be 
to beat get out you know what i'm saying like i don't like i don't know she's a classic but i really like i don't i mean i'm a sucker for alien movies you know what i'm saying our alien month is still one of my favorite months like i love alien movies aliens are like one of my favorite topics like i'm obsessed with it so to see a movie that was big beautiful pretty well acted the sound design was amazing and I mean, there's twists galore that I was happy with. Like, I didn't hate the twists that we got in this movie. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I really thought it was a great modernized telling of an alien story. Because, I mean, really, how, how interesting can you make an alien story at this point? You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen so many different variations of an alien movie. Right. So it was nice that I left this one feeling like I've seen something new. Yeah. Because this one, I mean, no spoilers, but like... I've never, there was a specific scene that I, in the barn, whenever right. something comes out, I was just like, here we go. And then uh, it comes out that it's like not really an alien. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then you realize what the alien actually is and you're like, oh shit. Okay. Like, yeah. You're right. So I guess like minor spoilers with that scene, uh, I will admit I'm happy that we kind of got, like you said, like it, it didn't turn out to be the alien <laughs> because I was kind of disappointed. Like, I, I think that scene's great. I think it's probably one of the more spooky scenes in the movie for sure. Mm -hmm. But like when I saw like the design of the alien that we're running with at that point, I was like, I was kind of disappointed. Like I was kind of like, I was like, I don't want to have to like, I don't want to have to like look at like this. That? Yeah. <laughs> that like, ridiculous I'm thing. I'm bored. I'm bored, yeah. girl. But yeah, when they kind of like threw us for like, I guess the first big twist. Well, because I thought out. like, I thought they were like Gordy morphs or something. I thought Gordy had more to do with it. But if you look at uh, Steven Young's character and uh, he obviously has been traumatized by this Gordy situation. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, spoilers. I'm sorry. It's hard to like talk about this without like spoiling I'm, things. I don't really think that's a super big spoiler. Honestly. Okay. Well, there's a there's a, a, a show called Gordy <laughs> um, that take like, it plays a big part in this movie. But if you look at his character and like the the arc and the trauma that he has with that character, it's just it's interesting to see that he at his little. Uh, his like thing. amusement park yeah. thing, yeah, this like a western thing. Uh but like the fact that he gives the aliens like hairy bodies. It's kind of like I don't know, it's kind of like he has obviously an obsession with what happened of with his yeah. trauma, yeah. Yeah. So like there's small stuff like that that I have like in kind of like kind of been picking up since we've seen the movie. Girl. Okay, so not to give Logan Paul any more attention than he already Girl. gets because he's fucking awful, but did you see his tweet about this? Yeah, that's what I tweeted the other day, too, where I was just like, some of you people need to watch movies with your brains turned off. Well, like, and the thing is, is like, so if you break it down, I don't, minor possible spoilers, I guess. Um, but like, if you break down the like, how I view this is like, you're making this alien a spectacle. Like this, this, and this. That's how he makes his bread and butter. This man has videotaped a dead fucking body. Like, you alone made yourself and your life a spectacle, and you don't fucking get this movie? Like, it's literally speaking about you. Yeah. Keep your eyes off of everything else and focus on your fucking self. And, like, what? Girl, what? Yeah, he's a... A dumbass. So stupid. Ridiculous. But I mean, like, you answer the question. Like, uh, one of the big things, I mean, leading into this movie in the trailer was the question, like, what's a bad miracle? And at this point, the answer that we've gotten is a spectacle. Like, the movie itself focuses so heavily on how people are so influenced by 
what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And the movie, oh my God, I don't know. It's so good. Um, I read an article, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter by Richard Newby that broke down the movie and its themes and its comments. Well, I mean, how he interpreted it. Again, I don't, you know, it's always open to interpretation with these movies. But just like the breakdown of society and how this movie plays into the thought process of Hollywood and the issues that we see there and the nepotism that is consistently there and the racism and the mistreatment of animals throughout its history. Like this movie packs a big punch and puts a big spotlight on the issues in Hollywood, especially. Yeah. Which I think is great. First, his third movie and his biggest movie. I mean, I kind of like, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I love Pill, obviously. So fuck Jake Paul. Jordan Peele is <laughs> fuck Jake Paul, my wrong brother. <laughs> He's not even involved, and I'm like fuck wrong you too, Paul brother. Well, fuck, fuck both of them, honestly. Fuck Logan Paul. Um, Jordan Peele is a king. That's about it. It's good. I Go can't wait to nope. watch it again. And I don't want to do like a big discussion on it till I have the chance of watching it again. Oh for yeah, sure. a couple more times at least. Yeah, yeah. That's when we'll do like some things spoiler heavy because I mean I we have to talk about this sometime soon. So I want to watch the button up. That's uh, what I want. Girl, I want. Oh, actually, I think there is somebody. I think they're like a limited supply. I want one of the little plushies of the alien figures. <laughs> they're cute. Are they? Yeah, they're super cute. And I think the way I would punt that if I uh, saw it in my uh, house. Uh, 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 I love it. I think it's super cute. I want one, but they're like honestly, they weren't that expensive. I think they're twenty bucks. I think it's limited supply. I'll have to figure out who was selling them. Whose dick do I have to suck to get one for you? Oh, I mean, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, you can take one for the team. I'd be down for a twenty dollar plush. Wow. Spends twenty five, thirty dollars on DoorDash every fucking day, but we're like twenty dollars for a plushie. Hmm. <laughs> um, I mean the takeaway though is girl, go watch Nope if you can, if you feel safe enough to do it, if you have the means of doing it. Cause I mean, honestly, like it's I don't know, it's the movie of the summer, girl. Like we've been waiting for this movie for a very long time. And I think it's worth the watch for sure. Faux show. Honestly, go see it in IMAX. Yeah. Do recommend. Yes. Everybody on the internet was if saying If only that. for the chairs. Yeah. If only for the comfortable seating for real, honestly. Um, also, really quickly, I guess before we get into the movie, um, we also got the trailer for Pearl. And, you know, we're suckers for X. Um, I think it was a bonus <laughs> episode, so I don't know if everybody heard it, uh, but we're suckers for X. Like, we love that movie. Um, I mean, I, at least, I know I love that movie. Oh, yeah. And in talking with Stormy, she seemed to love it as well. So, girl, the fact that we're already getting a prequel in the same year is crazy. So fast. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, Ty West was on it. I'm pretty sure he. I, this is his plan already. You know, obviously, he's already had this movie ready to go. What other Ty West movie have we watched recently? Um, There's another one. Let me check his filmography. Um, Like very recently. I don't know, Queen. Let me check. Because mm, I know... Um, well, I watched, right before I watched X, uh, House of the Devil, which he directed as well. Um, so I know he directed that movie. No, no, no. X is the only thing. He was, he directed a segment in the first VHS. Okay. That's what it was. He directed the one with the two, the honeymoon, where she kills her husband and runs off with her lesbian lover. Mm-hmm. Which, Ty West, go off, King. We love that. Uh, so that was the only thing that we've really covered on this show that he's directed, uh, besides X. So I think he's fantastic. And that trailer looks great. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think I was talking to somebody on Tinder about X. That's probably what I was thinking about. Oh, okay. (laughs) What do they Uh, think? What did this? Oh, they really loved it. And then we talked about VHS. So yeah, I I knew that too. Oh, okay. Horror girlies. We're out here. Yeah, it is. Um, But 
we got like a couple of shots, very squishy shots, and I'm very excited. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure we probably have talked about it at some point, but like horror doesn't have a lot of female villains. So the fact that we have Pearl now is iconic to me. Like, I love that. I love that we have a female villain who's slashing people. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we have uh, Sadako, we have uh, Kyoko, you know, we have them. We have, who's another female Carrie. horror villain? Carrie. I mean, is she te- is she really a villain, though? Yeah, and see, her story's so complex, like, I can't even, I mean, technically, I guess we can say yes. Mrs. White. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> She's the true You're villain. Right. You're right. So we do have Mrs. White. We have that horny, fucking repressed bitch. But, like, oh my God. we don't got a slasher. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I guess technically in The Grudge and The Ring, like, they're dying one by one. I mean, uh, Urban Legend. Oh, yeah, Brenda. Oh, my God. Not me doing her so dirty. <laughs> so dirty. So dirty. I forgot about her iconic. At Jill, Scream 4. Mm. You know, we have some queens, obviously, who are slashing. Yeah. But, like, I mean, they're behind the ghost face mantle, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, we don't have a full-blown character, really, that's like a slasher horror villain. I feel like we don't, right? Besides the girls who have worn the Scream or the ghost face mask. And, Are we you know, crazy? The little ghost. I girls. guess just just Brenda. And Brenda, yeah, she's literally, I think, the only slasher. Are we crazy? I feel like I'm sure somebody would come. And I'm gonna tell Google us right now. Correct us. Please uh, edit this out. I'm just kidding. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like I'm not editing anything. You dumb bitch. But um, like the context of this, like, I'm, there's been female villains in horror. I mean, like, because you can even look at like your next and the girlfriend in that movie is also evil and helping kill people. But like a standalone horror villain, this movie is named after her. It's about her. Like we don't see that often in horror. So I'm very happy that we get it. It looks amazing. Maya Goff, obviously, she slayed an ex. She's going to slay in this movie. Um, I haven't seen the Suspiria remake, but apparently she, she you know slays the house down boots in that movie too. <laughs> um, so the, the girls and the gays love her. And she's she serving hot. She is hot. The, girl, the scene where she's literally riding the dick in the barn is crazy. Her ass was mint in that scene. Yeah. I don't know. She's hot, though. But yeah, I'm so excited. And it looks fun. It looks bright. It looks bloody. And I can't wait. And thank you, Ty West. Truly, honestly, thank you so much for what you're bringing to the table in the horror world. Because we need it. We need fun slashers. I mean, I, you know, I, mean, I love my slasher movies. So I like that we're getting a lot of them. <laughs> right. I mean, the podcast is literally called Slasher. So. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and we have... I mean, Bring girl, us more content, Daddy. Yes. We have They, Them coming out next week. Which, I mean, I don't know. The discourse already on that movie has been... We'll have to watch for ourselves and see what we think. But the early reviews are mixed. Um, and we also have A24's Bodies, Bodies, Bodies coming out soon, too. I think that comes out I think that comes out in August, also. So the slasher movies are aplenty. We have Halloween Ends, obviously, also later this year. We now have Pearl later this year. So I don't know, girl. Slasher movies are really making a comeback. Yeah, we're rolling for the rest of the year, at least. Yeah, girl. I mean, the ranking for this year is going to be so hard for me. This is going to be so hard. We have Scream. We have Fresh. We have X. We have Nope. We have all these other movies we haven't seen yet. Like, the ranking is going to be hard. We still have some time. Yeah. And tease, at the end of this episode, (laughs) stick around to listen to us rank the movies that we've watched this month. Because, honestly, they were so bad that I think it's going to be a great time to rank them. Ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so let's just go ahead and just get into the main episode discussion then. Let's start talking about Ghost Ship, and everybody will be right back. 
Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating again. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, welcome back everybody, and this week we are discussing Ghost Ship, originally released on October 25th, 2002. The film was made on an estimated budget of around $20 million. It would then go on to see an opening weekend gross of around $11 million in the U.S., before seeing a worldwide gross of around $68 million. The movie was directed by Steve Beck. This is his last directed film on his filmography, so he went out with a bang. And the cast, we have, we'll talk about them. So we have Juliana Margulius as Epps, Gabriel Gabriel Byrne as Murphy, Ron Eldard as Dodge, Desmond Harrington as Ferryman, Isaiah Washington as Greer, Alex Demetridadis, oh girl, I'm sorry, but Santos, um, Carl Urban as Munder, and Emily Browning as Katie. And, I mean, the only other person I would credit here is Francesca Rettadut. Girl. Retto Indini, who plays herself, Francesca. Rettondini. <laughs> um, but, yeah, ghost ship. So, a salvage crew discovers a long-lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea. And Sue notices that its long-dead inhabitants may still be on board. So, ghost ship. Um, This movie's still showing on TV. It's on Cinemax. What do you mean? Like, right now? In, like, a couple of days, yeah. Oh, like, it's still being played. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's wild to me. So, Um, okay, Queen. So, this movie... So we've both seen it before, right? So you saw it when you were younger? Yes. Okay. And we both only remember the opening. Yes, that is the only thing that I remember about this movie. And, I mean, but people talk about this opening all the time. Like, when there's, like, discourse on Twitter about, like, opening scenes and horror and whatnot. Like, this movie's always thrown into, like, the ring. And, like, I think it's really left a lasting impression with horror fans. And in watching it back again with fresh eyes, I, I, I think it holds up, right? I think it's kind of fun. I like to see the body parts shaking and moving. Um, yeah. I think it's really, really, really funny. People that are like dragging themselves to try and get back to their torso. I'm yeah, like, it looked like a zombie what? movie for a second. I was like, not all these people just crawling around on the floor. But it's iconic. I love it. And the font that we have at the beginning, too, is like very Barbie girl. She's giving Barbie's dream house. I'm pretty sure it's the font from Bewitched. Do you think? I think so. I mean, it's the same type of font. Yeah. I mean, look at it. Yeah, I love and it. And like, what does that have to do with the movie? It's a very like script very pink very cursive maybe the 60s i mean it opens the movies in you know it's happening in the 60s at the beginning so i'm assuming maybe it's just trying to give like an old timey vibe because but be- the, the clothes are giving like 40s like titanic vibes so like mm. yeah because the little girl her dress is that like a is that timely i don't think they were wearing that in the 60s were they who fucking knows? Girl. I don't know, girl. We're not fashion experts, but this movie like altogether. This lady's literally wearing like the jewel that like falls into the water in fucking Titanic. <laughs> um, I thought it sank with the old. What is it? What Britney says? 
I don't remember. I thought it sank into the ocean with the old lady. He's like, I went down and got it for you, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, from Oops, okay. I did it again. <laughs> um, okay, wait. So Steve Beck directed this movie. He also directed Ghost Ship. And this the, is Ghost Ship, girl. Oh, fuck. He also directed <laughs> um, 13 Ghosts. Yes. And in the middle of the movie, Stormy's like, this is giving 13 Ghosts. <laughs> I was like, I think he directed the movie. Yeah, and they're like a year apart. Literally a year apart. And those are his last two movies. Like, he mm. made those two movies and he left. He said, I'm out. He gave us classics and left. Uh, I think uh, I think this is a better movie than 13 Ghosts, personally. Um, so I do think that he took with what he did with 13 Ghosts and improved upon it. I really do. Because this, at least the story makes a lot more sense than 13 Ghosts. Kind of. I don't know. Does it? Yeah. The ending is kind of crazy. I have a actually. lot more questions about this than I do about 13 Ghosts. Bitch, 13 Ghosts literally had like the Necronomicon and it had like, there was That's like a, a million pages of ridiculous information. And like that one girl was just spewing out details left and right. And I was like, girl, what? This one at least, even with all like the uncertainty at the end, at least kind of makes a little bit of sense, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know, girl. I don't know either, girl. But you know what would have made this movie better? Uh, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> honestly, probably because the cast is kind of not serving. What if Matthew Lillard was the demon? It would have been better. We got um, okay. I mean, like big spoilers, obviously from the jump. So Desmond Desmond Harrington plays Ferryman, and he ends up being like a demon, I guess, in the end of everything. A timeless being, a skinwalker, a soul uh, hunter. Soul, or yeah. collector, he says. Yeah. Um, you have you seen Anaconda, the sequel to Anaconda? Blood Diamond. Right. Yes. Hunt for the Blood Orchid. <laughs> but he also, if you remember, is like the bad guy in that movie too. Yeah. So he kind of played the same person in both movies. I mean, he's not like a demon that can't be killed in the Anaconda, but. Same energy. Yeah, and he has a little bit more charisma in that movie because when he turns <laughs> bad in this one, he's just kind of boring. Like he just like he has no emotion. He's just soulless. a robot. Or maybe does he have souls? I if mean, he's soulless, okay. So like, what you would, is he? You would think that he would have more like oomph to him if he's collecting all these souls. Yeah, like give me a badass yeah. or something. You know, he's so boring. He's giving me a white man that works at Trader Joe's. Okay, I mean, I would fuck him. Oh, okay. <laughs> let let it be known. I think okay. Let's be honest. I think I would probably fuck everybody in this cast. I don't think anybody's really like. I don't f- think I would fuck the older guy. You wouldn't fuck the dad from Hereditary. You wouldn't fuck him. Tony Collette did. <laughs> don't put me. <laughs> and had a mismatched family out of it too. Maybe maybe I wouldn't fuck him. Maybe you're right. I don't think I would. Maybe not, but everybody you know else. What? Give is... me a couple of shots because he—he's giving Scarface. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he's giving. I take this job very serious, and it's kind of like off-putting. You know what? Just throw him in the back and doggy, and I uh, don't have to look at it. Okay, work. Yeah, work. <laughs> I agree with that. I, if I don't have to look at him, I'm I'm good with that. But you know, guys else... really think that they have the power here. Whenever they put people <laughs> into doggy, and they're like, I don't have to look at her face. She's got a pussy or whatever. But like, I don't want to look at you either, bitch. <laughs> right. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, <laughs> but everybody else is hot, right? Am I crazy? I'm taking a look. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. We're watching the movie. We're literally, it's on. We've yeah, we've fallen into the uh, into the um, the flow of having the movie on while we're talking about it. 
yeah, and I would fuck them all. The right? guy in plaid is giving like Ski Ulrich vibes, so okay. definitely him. Right. Um, the blonde, I'm not really feeling. Really, I think he's cute. Who is he? So. Let me get that. Let me pull this man up. Um, so his name is Ron Eldard. He's also in Super Eight, Deep Impact, Block Hawk Down. I haven't seen any of those movies. He can Deep Impact your guts. Uh, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I think he's passable. I would definitely uh, fuck. At least in the year 2002 on the set of Ghost Ship, I would fuck (laughs) him. You know, I can't say for anything else, but for that exact specific moment in time, yes. Yeah, Um, the entire cast is fuckable other than like Emily Browning because she's a child. Yes. And so she, you had mentioned she was in Sucker Punch. Yes. That's where I know her from. Yeah. And her face is so familiar. Like you see She hasn't changed. She looks exactly the same. She was also in uh, a series of unfortunate events. She was the older sister in that movie. I remember her from that. Uh, I think that's all I really know her from is those three movies. Let me pull up her IMDb. Yeah. It kind of looks like that's, that's kind of all she's really giving. But her face is so recognizable. Uh, Oh my God. She was also in Plush. I watched Plush with uh, Dink and Deadly months ago now you need to watch that movie you plush would love plush go watch it right now girl you would fuck this episode <laughs> like i don't i don't know why i didn't go and tell you about that movie after i watched it now that i'm thinking about it because it has emily browning in it and she's gorgeous in it and like it's like not to start talking about a completely different movie but <laughs> you like, said anyways she's like a rock star and like she has a whole rock career and it kind of turns into like a fatal attraction kind of thing um, I won't give you too much information on it, but I think you would love it. But she's yeah. in that movie also, and she kills it. So you know what? She's great. She doesn't do much in this movie. She's just a little ghost girl. Um, she's annoying. I'm like, girl, give annoying. Me- she's yeah. trapped on this ship forever. She misses her parents <laughs> from the fucking sixties, and I'm trapped with all these other souls on a boat in the middle of nowhere. Of course, I'm gonna interact with anybody and everybody that I can. But bitch, I'm like on the boat of being like. Or on, I don't know, I guess pun intended. But like, I'm I'm, I'm like, girl, if you're going to sit here and touch my chest and show me what happened, do that as soon as I step on this ship. My, why are we wasting no, time? No, I have to know that you're trustworthy. Hmm. Because what if you're like, okay, say less, and then you give him okay. all of the fucking souls that he wants, and then we all go to hell. But like, doesn't she want to get off no matter what? No. You think she wants to go to hell? But they fly up to heaven. I'm talking about like if, like, cause she, <laughs> she shows her. She shows hell sounds like more fun, Adrian says. <laughs> <laughs> she sh- well, she doesn't seem like she wants to go to hell because she's fucking shaking in her boots. But like, <laughs> obviously, if she wants help to defeat this soul collector and like have her soul be set free, like, I don't know, tell these people from the beginning. Cause she's like running around, you know, being a little ghost girl, staring and like calling their names. It and has to be scary because she's. The- really the only level of suspense in this movie you're honestly right and uh, there was a moment too in this movie where like the ship i felt like the ship was alive i guess it kind of technically is um but a lot of stuff happens alive with souls <laughs> <laughs> i mean the ghosts obviously yeah but the one scene that really i was like is the ship alive is when it started like having the blood come into the pool on its oh, own Oh yeah, yeah yeah i was like is this ship breathing uh, but yeah, so we're with a group of, they're called, they're scavengers, right? So I guess they go around. They're essentially pirates. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Pirates, like pirates on a tugboat. Right? Okay. They're modern. They're modern pirates. Uh, so they go around, I guess, and they find like beat up ships and like 
sell them for money, I guess is what they do. It's kind of the vibe that we're getting, right? But they meet some random guy who's the evil demon soul collector guy. He literally walks up to them in a bar. There's like no introductions. He doesn't say, hey, this is who I... Maybe he does. But honestly, who cares because it's so stupid either way. He literally walks up. He's like, hey, um, I found a boat in the middle of nowhere. And I heard y'all are scavengers. Want to go? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then they like kind of like giggle about it. And then they're like... Yeah, let's do it. And then like they, they just they bring him with him and or he they bring him with them and then they just go along for the ride. I'm like, whoa. Like let's do we not a background check or something? Like, can we figure out who this guy is before we just let him go on this like dangerous expedition with us? I was kind of annoyed that they kind of just trusted this guy. But, I mean, you know. that's kind of it's kind of the same setup as uh, Anaconda. It is, but they were also stupid for that. The entire yeah. time we're watching that movie, I was like, why are we trusting this man? <laughs> and I don't know if it's just, you know, I see a, a, a white man who doesn't blink and I'm scared. <laughs> but like, girl, that's what he's giving. And I'm like, we're not asking questions of this man. We don't even like who I would start asking his family tree. Who's your mom? Who's your dad? Where are you from? Because I don't know, girl. And but I, I and I did. I forgot he was the evil person. But like, if you just stare at him. Like, you know, he's the evil person in this movie. Yeah. He has no emotion the entire time. No emotion. Until they find gold later on, and he's like, hee 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 hee. Laughing the entire time. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Bitch, he is literally lifeless until Epps is like, I saw a little ghost girl. And he goes, What? And like, his. (laughs) His interest is now peaked, and he's so excited about this. And I'm like, girl, what? Like, and at that moment, I was like, girl, do you not like pick, read the broom a little bit here, girl? He's obviously excited about this little ghost girl. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Also, sidebar, Santos, whenever he's like driving the boat by himself and he's just jamming the fuck out, that's me, girl. Yeah. Okay, you listen. So, um, anyway, so they meet this man. I guess they kind of do like a little quick plot. Uh, synopsis of where we are even though we're all over the place so anyways this man comes up to them he's the evil demon guy but they trust him he takes them to go find this ship they find the ship and they pretty much uh start kind of looking around now i i'm so annoyed i mean again this is 2002 and once the gold is found they are of course trying to get away with it because at first their plan is to i guess like i mean it's a tugboat girl Okay, let me tell you right now. I I don't know how... (laughs) You can call me stupid all you want. But when, like... (laughs) When they were talking about, like, like latching up the ship and, like, bringing it to shore with the tugboat, I was like, oh, so a tugboat actually is, like, meant to tug things. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Did you know my street name's Tugboat? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do you blow as loud as one? Oh, that doesn't work, right? <laughs> I blow I mean, my cool. horn. That's sloppy toppy. You can oh, be, oh, we can be oh, pretty. Oh, we can be a little loud when we're blowing. I um, stay tugging. Oh. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was their initial plan was to take the boat in, obviously. But once they find this gold stashed away on the ship, like everybody's morals we change. We skip right to the end always. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So before we do get to gold, uh, everybody obviously is kind of doing their own little thing they're exploring the ship uh it's a few people at first it's let me bring up these people's names because lord knows so we have of course the captain who is the older man who murphy Murphy. yes or murph 
And then we have him and Epps, who is the only female in the team. Uh, she's the badass of the group, you know. So she and him kind of have like what they ex- explain to us is like a father-daughter relationship. They seem to get along really well. We also have Dodge, who he is like completely, this is the blonde guy that we were talking about. So he, like the entire movie is like non-existent. And then at the end, like we get a quick little arc of him being like into Epps or something like that. Yeah. But beyond that, he's kind of like just here the entire time. But is is him being into Epps, like is that moment even real? Because he's actually like, in that moment, he's actually the demon pretending to be him. Well, the demon uh, uses that against him first, remember? Before he switches over to him. Everybody listening is like... (laughs) Oh, what are you guys talking about? Uh, I was, uh, girl, listen, We're just as off, confused as y'all This are, came out worry. 20 years ago. So I'm pretty sure most of the people listening to this have seen Ghost Ship. Like, I think you understand that we're kind of all over the place because this movie's crazy. Um, but it's honestly, I really do think it's a, oh my God, I was going to say good. I do think it's a good movie, though. That's I, a strong word. It, it, it is, though. Like, I love a lot of the scenes that we do get in this movie. So once... I, I just want to talk about the parts I like. <laughs> like, really, because um, once they do find the gold, obviously they're trying to uh, uh, escape with the gold, pretty much. Because they're like, this could easily be at least 100 to $300 million worth of gold. They need to find out that it has been shaved down, so it's supposed to be untraceable. And so they're like, yeah, let's find this gold and let's get out of here. And I guess, I guess, to kind of go back a little bit, before they do find the gold, obviously everybody's on the ship and they're all, like, split up. And at this moment, that's when we see all, like, the little ghostly activities because doors are opening and closing on their own. Uh, Murphy, when he's in the captain's office, is, like, you know, seeing, um, you know, the alcohol bottle and the glasses full and seeing the captain in the mirror. So we get, like, moments of... Everybody has, like, a a moment with a ghost. Yeah, everybody has a moment where they're, like, spooked in a way. They have at least two because most of them, like, their last encounter with a ghost is how they die, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody has at least an instance of having, like, a weird moment happen. Except for Santos because he's on the ship the entire time. Yeah, Santos just gets blown the the fuck up. Yeah, so Santos's job is he's the person who he repairs the engine of the ship of the tugboat, and like that's his job here. So he's pretty much on the tugboat the entire like first forty minutes of this movie, and then when they find the gold finally, he comes on to help him move it, and then he goes to start up the tugboat, and then the ghosts, by the power of evil, they're able to <laughs> like turn on by a, the power of evil. <laughs> they're able to. Uh, release propane into the air so when they start the tugboat it causes a huge explosion and santos is the first individual killed honestly as soon as we started this movie and i saw the lineup of characters i was like i know they're going to kill the black man or the latin man first i just knew it was going to happen you know this is the early 2000s so when they you know proved me right i was a little disappointed um but his death is kind of funny because I mean, I guess that's kind of rude to say, but like he blows up and he catches on fire. And what's crazy to me is he blows up underneath, like he's underneath the ship. And then the next thing that we see is he's on top of the ship (laughs) jumping off. So I'm like, so there was a huge explosion. You were able to get up while you're on fire. I don't know what the stairs look like in this thing, but then he like. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. So maybe the power of the explosion propelled him up into the air. <laughs> it just literally shot him through the ship. 
I don't know, girl. I can't even make it through the statement without laughing. <laughs> but, you know, he jumps into the water. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps into the water. The tugboat uh, sinks. Yeah, and it's pretty much over. Uh, Epps sees this happen because, wait a minute. Okay, so again, <laughs> back to the little ghost girl being completely useless. She obviously knows that something's going on. So while Santos is getting the ship all ready for them to go, I keep calling it the ship. Let me quit confusing you guys. He's getting the tugboat ready to go. And while he's doing that, the little ghost girl's like, oh, something's happening. So she goes to Epps and she's like, don't start the boat. Don't, or don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm like, and somebody tackles her. Yeah, and then like somebody An- tackles another her. Another ghost tackles. We don't her. see any. It, it's she just like disappears off the screen. Yeah, but yeah, like somebody tackles her. I'm assuming it's probably the demon guy, fairyman, who's tackled. Oh her, yeah, well, right. That, that would make more sense. But it looks like a ghostly figure to me. Yeah, I mean he's kind of one, I guess. I don't really don't understand who he is, girl. Like I really don't. Like honestly, I don't know. We should have found an expert on ghost ship to come <laughs> and explain this to us. Can we advertise that on Twitter? Be like somebody who's an expert on yeah. ghost ship. Can please. a demonologist come onto this <laughs> podcast and explain what this man is? Because somebody's I also- like, I've seen a lot of supernatural. How does that work for you? <laughs> I've seen both supernatural and ghost ship. <laughs> does Ooh. that work for you? Yes. Uh, but yeah, I need some explanation for what the fuck he is. But yeah, anyway, so the the tugboat blows up, which then leaves the rest of the crew stuck on the ship. And at this point, there's a lot of you know tension between everybody because they've lost the crew member. It seems like this is probably the first time they've ever had somebody die on an expedition because Murph, the captain, is immediately in breakdown mode. Like he is freaking out like everybody else is just like letting him do his own thing and he kind of just wanders the ship until he goes crazy and dies so like he fully breaks down when he has one person die i'm like you've been doing this for such a long time i'm sure that this hasn't happened i'm sure you've lost a crew member right you don't like i mean i don't know again i don't mental health is very important i want you to understand that but you're gonna just completely abandon the rest of your crew and like just go and sulk somewhere else in the ship like I am. where's the captain energy? <laughs> where's the captain energy? You know what I'm saying? That's what captains do, bitch. But everybody captains else hide. picks up. Everybody else says, "Let's do. Let's let's get out of here for Santos." They don't say that because why would they? They don't care about him that much. I'm sure the captain's the only one that cares about him. That's why he's run, running around sulking. But everybody else at least uses his death as motivation to be like, you know what? Let's also not die. So I need the captain to be a captain. He flopped for me. Stories <laughs> like the emotional trauma it Captains makes sense. In movies, are always up in their little hut drinking. They're not doing okay. anything special. They're not rallying the team, girl. Okay, and you know what? I like the aspect now that you mentioned that of them being like, you know, the crew is who keeps this man together. Right. Right. Okay. You They're know, what? family. I don't mind that. Santos was an important piece to the puzzle, and now that part's gone. And also, he has a ghost captain in his brain now and he's nervous but murph has also been like completely ignoring everybody else this entire movie that's maybe why maybe epps like rejected him or santos had rejected him recently he was going through a divorce something crazy probably happened but like he's been a hard ass this whole movie that's what i'm saying it's like we yes we get the vibe that he's a like, like he takes this so serious he completely just disregards what other people are saying, especially the first mate. Um, what is his name, girl? Uh, Greer. Because 
Greer's constantly like trying to tell him like what to do by the law, by maritime law. And also take a shot every time they say maritime in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but like when they first discover the ship, like Greer's like, let's call us in. Let's call the Coast Guard. Right. And Murph is like, no. Because I we've discovered so. in a ship that's been missing for 20, 30 years. But he disregards them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he's like, he's like. He's so gung ho about like being this hard ass and making this discovery. I'm just saying he like he doesn't want any unexpected company, is what he said. All I'm saying is when shit hit the when shit hits the fan and my captain turns in, into like somebody who just runs away and hides in the ship somewhere, I, I, I would be so pissed. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was the other crew members, I would be so pissed that the captain's just like running off now. I'm like, let's not let this man go down in vain. But that's what the captain in Titanic does. You're right. You know what? Maybe is he it a just trope goes that up captains... to his little thing and he starts drinking. He's like, if she goes down, I'm going down with her. <laughs> Maybe it's a trope in movies with captains on boats that they just turn into like bitches. bitches? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'm not well versed in, you know. Obviously, the aquatic world of film. So maybe I just don't know. <laughs> but he turns into, I guess, what could potentially be a trope in movies. Because he, yeah, he turns into a bitch and just like goes and sulks in the captain's office. Um, while everybody else has to rally together and try to figure out what to do. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, so somebody's dead. Why are we splitting up on this huge ship? Why are we not sticking together, people? Right. We need to like Scooby-Doo this shit. Right. Because immediately Greer... And I, I, I completely uh, empathize with him. I completely understand because he did try to call the ghost guard. He did try to go by the book. He did try to get back up out here. And then Santos dies and everybody's like upset. And then Greer's obviously, um, you know, he looks visibly upset. He is speaking in a tone that shows that he's upset. And so everybody like then like kind of tries to make him look like he's the asshole. Because Munder especially, that's his name, right? Munder? Yeah, Munder, played by Carl Urban, um, who I would, again, also probably fuck. <laughs> he looks like he'd be a dirty fuck. And they make a lot oh of jokes God. in this movie about him stinking. So he would be a dirty fuck. But he especially is being a, you know, like very, like he's just being a dick to Greer in this moment after Santos dies. And Greer punches him in the face, as he fucking should. But then Greer takes it upon himself to then go be... I don't know, question mark, one of the probably the dumbest people in this movie, but yeah. then just going by himself to go drink and willingly get fooled by an obvious sexy ghost. He <laughs> even addresses the fact that she's a ghost. He said, this is not cheating because you are a ghost. Oh and I'm like, like, how are you going to fuck this ghost? And I was, we were watching this and I was like, oh my God, come fuck my ghost pussy. <laughs> Like just making a joke and then it actually happened and I was like, oh what? <laughs> I was just being stupid, not bitch. Me predicting the plot. Yeah, but they do. I guess tease a little bit earlier that he was gonna die by Francesca's hands because when they're first looking nice around the tits. ship, <laughs> yes. When they're first looking around the ship, he's like in the ballroom by himself and like he hears her singing the Italian song that she sings throughout this movie. And like he's like, oh, and then he sees a picture of her and he's like, yeah, like Stormy said, nice tits. And like he's clearly already being seduced by this evil ghost siren. So when he's by himself in the room, which I think that shot holds up really well when the room is like the ballroom is like morphing back into oh yeah the 60s. I think that's really cool. I think it still looks really good for 2002 for a Steve Beck movie. 
like wow, I think it looks really great. I mean, I guess like the house in for Thirteen a Dark Ghosts Castle movie look great. Oh yeah, for a Dark Castle movie because they can be a little the CGI in these movies can be a little, a little wonky. Did Dark Castle produce the, the Requiem? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, the fact that this like CGI and this sequence or whatever just looked a million times better than anything in the Requiem is yeah. crazy. Recorded twenty, recorded, <laughs> filmed twenty years later. Yeah, it's. If you want to hear that shit show, it's a fucking Patreon episode. So sorry. Yeah, but it's probably worth it because it, it was a blast to talk shit about that movie. But I think, yeah, that shot where like it all morphs back into the 60s is a great shot. I think it's amazing. But yeah, then Francesca comes up to him and like dances with him and kisses him. <laughs> Don't stir me. Like she literally walks up to him and just kisses his cheek. And I was like, bitch, we just met. I don't know you like that. Who are you? Why are you kissing But he's me? also, they have said that they've been on this boat for like six months. Yeah, so they've so been out at sea. My problem with that is, is this is a lot of fucking men. Mm-hmm. And Greer's the only horny one? No, these men are fucking each other. They are fucking each other They're in the ass. They're seamen. <laughs> they are taking it up the ass. Munder makes a take it up the ass joke for the Navy men earlier in the movie. And I'm just like, girl, the fact that you call that out tells me that you're taking it up the ass. Dodge is definitely giving it to Munder. Because there's points where they're together, Dodge and Munder and the ship, and they just disappear for minutes at a time. I'm like, they're definitely just having sex on this ship. They're having dirty, nasty, smelly sex on this ghost ship. Poor Ep, surrounded by cocks. and <laughs> <laughs> She really is. But honestly, let's be honest, I don't think she's interested. So. Oh, me either, <laughs> Imagine plot twist. She was the one that got seduced by the Francesca. I would have been living, girl. I would have been living. Would have been too progressive for 2002. It would have been because they had to make a hee hee ha ha gay joke anyways in this movie. Um, but yeah, I know these men are just going to pound town with each other. They have to be. They have to be. I mean, if we learned anything from Anaconda, being on a boat makes you horny. So. horny. Yeah, uh, clearly because Greer just willingly follows this ghost woman who, I mean, is gorgeous. Francesca's gorgeous. And In her titties, her, her whole titties. titties. Nips and, and all. I love, I mean, she's obviously walking around in the very um, overly used sexy red dress. <laughs> very uh, Jessica Rabbit. Very Jessica Rabbit. She's giving very Miss Scarlet and Clue. So she's, um, you know, sexy. But, like, she starts taking off her dress and she, like, walks away. And Greer's, like, taking off his pants. He's taking off that belt. He's ready to fuck this ghost. And so she goes to, an orp- uh, like, an open doorway and just, like, stands there with her hands on the wall. And this man comes up behind her ready to grip those hips and go to town in the back door and just falls right through her to his <laughs> And is impaled by these, like, wires? These, I don't even know what they are. But he gets impaled on these things. I can't. It, it looks like an elevator shaft, maybe? Yeah, it's like a weird, like, shaft thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, him dying in a shaft, the irony. Baby. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's fantastic honestly if i was in a situation like this and a hot sexy ghost with abs was taking off his clothes i probably also would just walk into an open doorway and hope for the best (laughs) i mean if i haven't touched a dick in six months girl maybe i I mean i don't know would just touch my own (gasps) if i hadn't but um i don't know it's very funny but yeah so he walks away and dies and it's again like I, I don't know if time doesn't exist on this ship because, like, 
No, there's like never any urgency when somebody's like not a part of the party. You know what I'm saying? Like this right, is you would think that we would need to be like, hey, where's Greer? Where's hey. Murph? Yeah. Like right. where's Ferryman? We don't know who he is. We met him a couple of days ago. Our ship has exploded. It's never done that before. Where's the strange <laughs> guy at? Imagine it exploded and they're like, not again. <laughs> and they <laughs> We lost another one. Call Santos's brother. We gotta go through the family brother. tree. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm like, where's like there's just no urgency. These people just walk around, they don't care. Epps is so concerned with this little ghost girl. As soon as he she sees her the first time, like she's immediately just like, Oh, I'm so intrigued by this little girl. So she takes it upon herself to just continuously look around this ship. Um, she goes and finds like, I guess like a log book and she's like, Oh, that's her. And she just points to a name. And I'm like, how do you know that's who the little girl is? Is it like a psychic connection maybe between the two? My because the little girl knows her name. So maybe she just knows it by chance. That and plus like, like this little girl is by herself. And like that is the only name that we see on there that's by herself by itself on the log. So mm. maybe just like process of elimination. Yeah, maybe but like the assumption. Again, maybe she just like knew. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Unless she it just says like age nine next to it and we just didn't see it. <laughs> maybe. But she then finds um, you know, what cabin she was in. So she then goes and finds her cabin, not looking for anybody. Again, by the way, her crew is everywhere, everybody's missing, they're dying <laughs> one by one. But she's concerned with finding this little ghost girl's cabin. But she does go and find her cabin, and in searching through it, she discovers that her body's hanging inside the closet, which is crazy. Um, but when she does find the body, she also finds a locket around her neck, which has pictures of her parents. And that brings Katie into the room to kind of, I guess, give our first little taste of like where this movie's going. She mentions that somebody's trying to collect souls and that he has to fill a quota. And once he fills the quota, everybody's going to go potentially, I mean, oh, as we are to assume, to hell, it sounds like. Um, and then she starts to panic. Katie starts crying. She's like, he doesn't want me to know. He doesn't want me to know. Or he doesn't want you to know or whatever. I don't know. And she disappears. And I'm just like, okay. At this point, too, I'm just like, I was ready for these answers, girl. Because the fact that he's trying to fill a quota. And it's so funny because fill he's, a all, quota. he's also talking about management at the end. I'm like, hell is just a corporate office. <laughs> That's the ultimate fuckery is that we die and we have to go work in the corporate office. And if I don't collect enough souls, then what? I go down to the next level of hell right. or. I've, I've never seen a movie be a greater display that life on earth is hell than ghost ship. <laughs> right. Because they set up that hell is a corporate office. Girl. Okay, so completely changing. We're going off track. Okay. But the scene <laughs> where all of the ghosts are released. Okay. Tell me that's not Scooby-Doo. Yes, girl. Whenever when they I knock over the thing and all the souls get to go back to their body. Okay, I'm so happy you said that because when it was happening, I was like, I've seen this a million times. <laughs> In like a million different forms of media. Yeah. Like I've seen it in a million video games. I've seen it in a million movies where the souls are rushing to heaven. But yeah, very Scooby-Doo. That was one of the first things I thought of too. I love that we're both on the same page with that because it's so funny to me. Um, 
but yeah, so anyways, there's no urgency amongst the crew members. They don't give a fuck about each other, truly. Um, after the ship explodes, we get a moment in the kitchen where Munder and Dodge are by themselves, and they're opening up cans of food, like old cans of food. And they're like, ooh, these beans look yummy. So they try them, they're eating them, and then come to find out there's it's maggots that they're eating. Full of maggots. So nasty. I love that little fake-out moment. That makes me puke in my mouth. Yeah, it was so disgusting. I love it. And we get a moment, too, where Munder... <laughs> I op- love it. <laughs> he opens his- I love it, girl. I like to feel uncomfortable. Um, but when Munder opens his mouth and there's just, like, a bunch of maggots sitting on his tongue, like, moving and wiggling... I hope... So gross. I pray to God that was CGI. I hope so. Do you think he would have, like... I don't know. Maybe How he much would money would they have to pay to- you to do that? Hmm. I mean, if it's safe, if they're... Is it safe to eat maggots? Do they like, what do they do when you eat them? Do they do something to the inside of your body? <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you chew, I guess not. Huh. If it was like safe. Your belly fills with flies and then you explode. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know. If it was safe and like there was like. Are you going to chew them? I just no. meant hold them in your mouth. Yeah. Like if it's safe. Like if, if Tony Todd can go onto the set of Candyman. And agree to have bees all over his body and be like, for every bee thing that happens, you're paying me money. And he got money from those bee things. I would probably do the same thing. I'd be like, okay, I will put these maggots on my tongue. But if one of them so happens to even get to my uvula in the back of my throat, <laughs> you're paying me some type of money. You know what I'm saying? No, you have to pay me to put them in my mouth. Well, and you're you paying me to pay put me them in extra. my mouth first. But yeah, you're paying me extra if any of them get to the little dangly thing that swings on the back of my throat. <laughs> so, like, let the record be known, honey, that I will make sure that you pay me if I, I unfortunately swallow any of these things. Because I will take this set down. I will fucking... Steve Beck, we're boxing in the street. <laughs> I'm not going to let you fucking put maggots it's in my mouth. It's on site. For anything less than a 100K per maggot that goes down my throat. All right. So, I don't know. Would you do it? If they paid you a good amount. Say they give you a million dollars on top of your pay for this movie. I know that's probably crazy because the, I mean, the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody in this movie getting paid a million dollars. But um, if they gave you, say, a million dollars to start in the movie and a million dollars to put maggots on your mouth. Live maggots. Would you do it? Yeah. Yeah, for a million, right? I surely would. I could do anything for a million dollars, girl. I honestly don't think it would cost that much for me. I would do it for... I would shoot for the stars, but I think they would talk me down. Nothing less... Uh, well, first, I'm getting paid for my role in this movie, and the maggots, no less than 100000 to put them on my mouth. Yeah. And again, if anything happens beyond that, well, I'm getting paid extra. I wonder what maggot shit does to your intestines. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Girl, good thing I'm what not What if I get parasites? Oh, I just a good thing I'm not in Hollywood because my agent would be working overtime. We are in Hollywood, bitch. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. But that scene's so icky, 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 and I love it. Oh, also at one point, too, we're watching the scene right now um, where they're looking around the ship at one point, too. Uh, well, they first, open a vault. They open a <laughs> vault. But before they get to that point, Epps is again just searching for this little girl and she gets to the pool that's inside the ship and she notices that there's bullet holes along the side of the pool wall. And so she's like, oh, okay, like something's going on here. Obviously, there's people that were probably shot in this room. So when she's climbing up the pool ladder, she sees a little ghost girl, Katie, and she falls back. When she looks back up, uh, Ferryman is at the top of the ladder. I'm like, okay, I'm like, girl, the suspicions should be at an all-time high right now. 
But anyway, so they find each other now. She's like, I saw that little girl scroll again. And he immediately, like a kid in the candy store, did you? What did she say? Where did she go? Like immediately asks 20 questions about this little girl. Again, I'm like, Epps, you're supposed to be like this professional scavenger and you're supposed to be like this badass and you don't have like the self-awareness to realize that this man is not to be trusted. I don't know, girl. But then they start looking through the ship. Yeah. And they get to the laundry room and there's a whole bunch of dead bodies in the laundry room. But the gag is, is that these bodies are fresh. Like they couldn't be more than what they say is three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Decomposing, I guess. Um, so everybody's like, oh shit. And they also, when they first get on the ship, find a digital watch on the ship too. So like, I don't know, girl, like if you're scavengers and you see that there's fresh bodies and there's a digital watch and clearly some other people have been on this ship and they haven't lived the tale, the tale. Like, I don't know. Like where, again, we have the knowledge of knowing this is a horror movie, but girl, put two and two together, my people. Come on now. It's a mess. Um, so where are we? Okay, so anyway, so Murph, again, everybody's splitting up. They find the dead bodies. They find the gold after they find the dead bodies. That's when it then leads to Santos dying, Murph going crazy. But while Murph is in the captain's office drinking his worries away, the captain comes back and talks to him and pretty much gives him the rundown as to what's happened. So we find out that there was another ship that came up to this ghost ship and i'm not going to say the names to these ships because i just i don't want to right now but they had another ship that came with no crew no passengers and the only thing on it was these boxes filled with untraceable gold bars so they brought that gold onto this ship and then two days after that that's when everybody was murdered and so the captain explains that to murph he said hey you know this happened two days after we found the gold. This gold comes with strings, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And so Murph is like, oh, so you found nobody on this ship when you found this gold. And the captain's like, oh, no, we found one person on this ship. And then he hands Murph a picture. And we don't see anything, obviously, until the end when we get the reveal that it is Ferryman. But the one person that they were able to find on the ship was Ferryman. So he was there with the gold bars. Which we come to find out that these gold bars are kind of like bait. Like he uses these gold bars to entice people and pretty much use it as a way to collect their souls and kill them. Right. So Murph finds out, yeah, about all that stuff. So Murph then goes to try to find the crew finally. You know, he goes to try to find everybody. He's but, done drowning his sorrow. <laughs> yeah. But the ghost of Santos stops him pretty much and berates him and, you know, scares him pretty much. And makes him attack Epps. Epps. Yeah, because then Epp pops up and she's like, hey, Murph. And then he looks at her and, you know, he sees Santos. He doesn't see her. And he sees that Santos has a knife, even though she's holding a flashlight. So then he attacks her. And in attacking her, Ferryman is able to come up and knock him out. And then they throw him into an aquarium and lock him in there. And they just leave him in there. And they decide to leave them in here. Or they decide to leave him inside the aquarium. And Epps, Munder, Dodge and Ferryman are the only people alive at this point. So she decides, Epps does, to just go ahead and fix the ship. Because initially they were going to fix the ship because it has like a big tear on it because it hit some rocks. Um, so they were going to fix the ship initially to be able to tug it in to land. But when they found the gold, their goal was just to run off with the gold pretty much. And when the ship exploded, Greer did suggest that they make like a raft to get off the boat. But... They're deciding against that, and Epps decides it's just okay for them to fix the ship, and that's the only way to get out of here, pretty much. I don't know, Queen. What would you do? I feel like, I, I, I mean, I never want to be in open water, but I don't think I would stay on this ship. 
Like I maybe I would try a raft. Um right? Like I don't cuz we can see like we can see the rocks not far away from the ship, so like maybe yeah. it would be worth trying to make it to the rocks, but then again like what do you do then? Yeah. Yeah, I I would. I, I mean cuz you do have a whole I mean and Greer kind of makes the point of like, you know, we have the ship full of things. We could easily make a raft. And like I know a lot of the like the sh- the other people's concerns are like, well, we can't take all of us and this heavy ass gold onto a raft. But like I don't know. At this point, when people are going missing and Santos has just been exploded in the tugboat, like I don't know. I would probably just. What if we build two rafts, one for the gold and one for the people? Right, girl. Or and just like, you tug know, them together. Grab a couple gold bars each, girl, and you guys will still be set. Like grab a couple each. Yeah. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. I don't go to church, but girl, greed is a sin, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, don't be greedy. Like, leave what you can, bring what you can, and get the fuck off this ship. But Epps, she wants to fix it. She wants to drive the ship back to safety. So they then, I mean, the ghosts give them the time. They allow them to do this because come to find out, they, the demon hunter, he needs them to fix the ship. Like, he needs them to keep it afloat, which is why he went and found them in the first place and brought them to the which ship. Which is how he collects souls is through the ship. Exactly. So he needs the ship, ship is to a be vessel. floating. Exactly. So he allows them to fix it, pretty much, because that's pretty much the only option this demon thing has to keep this ship moving. So they do that for him. And as soon as they fix the ship... Katie finally decides to come around and give Epps the time of day and allow her to see everything. So at this point, we are then shown a flashback. We go back, of course, to the beginning of the movie where somebody, and I mean, we have that assumption at the beginning that somebody has caused this wire to completely decapitate and cut people up. Um, So we do see that it's like a huge team of individuals who's doing this. They put poison in the food they uh, again kill everybody with this wire and then they go around the ship and pretty much just slaughter everybody right and it's honestly they chase katie down they chase katie down and they don't show it to us but it's i'm assuming they hung her yeah they take her into a room and they hang her and honestly that scene the flashback scene is kind of giving i like they give us like a like um some hard rock almost kind of over it very early 2000s they fucking line people up in front of the pool and shoot them. It's uncomfortable. That's how the bullet holes got in the pool. Yeah, it's honestly a very uncomfortable scene to sit through. And honestly, give it up to Emily Browning because her acting is great. When they're like, uh, well, first off, when she's like running around the halls and seeing all these people be murdered and stabbed and shot at, like her facial expressions are like, she's serving. Like yeah. she is so terrified and it breaks my heart. And then when they're carrying her to the room, like her screaming, I mean, we don't hear it because there's music playing over it, but like her face is just like, she's serving girl. Like it, I felt so bad for her in that moment. Great child actor. Great actress in general. Like truly. Oh yeah, for sure. She's such a good actress. Um, And yeah, and this is obviously a clear indication of that because she serves. Um, But yeah, so anyways, these people are running around killing everybody. And then once they kill everybody on the ship, they do go down to where the gold is. And when they're down there, like getting the gold ready, we see Francesca walk up all in her, you know, her sexy tight red dress. And she has seduced one of the men and convinced them. I mean, this is all assumption because all she does is walk up to one of them and like touch them. And he's like, oh, yeah, baby. And he turns around and he shoots everybody else. And he turns around to, I guess, like Bonnie and Clyde it with her. But then she shoots him in the head. 
And I'm like, okay, work, bitch. And then she turns around and we find out that there's somebody else that she's been working with. And lo and behold, it's Ferryman. He then kills her with a hook. And I think it's probably my favorite death in the movie. The way that the hook, hook. Yeah. Yeah. Catches so her good. right under the jaw. Yeah. And they give it to us. You know, Steve Beck, um, bless your heart. He gives us the shot of her like dangling from the hook hanging out of her mouth. Um, it's great. I love that death. Yeah. It's a good shot for sure. Such a good shot. And her, I mean, I love a good pair of high heels. So seeing the high heels just floating back and <laughs> forth. And I mean. A, Not the red bottoms. <laughs> in this red dress. It's. It's gorgeous. I love it. Um, and then he marks her. So we see him like grab her hand and like squeeze it. And yeah, then like and then it, it marks. magically creates a fucking tattoo yeah. scar thing. And it looks like a hook or something on her hand. So I don't Is it a hook because that's how she died? Or is that just the mark that he gives everybody? I think that's his version of like a dark mark. Right. The, the beast. The mark of the beast. Oh. Okay. Right. Devil. <laughs> um, but yeah. So in that moment then. Epps is well aware now that obviously Fairman's the bad guy here. So she then goes and tells Dodge and she's like, Hey, Fairman can't be trusted pretty much. Like we, where's Munder? We, we got to figure out what we're doing. And so when she's doing this, Fairman walks into the room and he's like, where's Munder? And so she's like, I'm going to go find him. She's like, Dodge, you stay here with him. And then she leaves and she's like, Keep, you know, you guys stay in each other's sights. And if I was Dodge, I would be like, bitch, you're not going to come and tell me that this man can't be trusted. And then be like, you stay alone with this man and then leave me. <laughs> yeah. Because at that point, you sound like the bad guy. Right. I'm not going to trust you. I don't know if I. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I trust you at that point. Are y'all working together? Right. Like, I'm getting the vibes that you are leaving so he can kill me because you can't do it. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. So I'm like, girl, no. But when they're by themselves, Fairman pretty much uh, gives himself up. Like he's like, let's go find them or I'm going to go find them. And Dodge is like, no, you can't leave. She said you can't leave. And so Fairman's like, you're a pussy ass bitch. You are so horny for her, but you, you won't can't even her. close the deal. Yeah. Yeah. He pretty much drags this man through the mud. So then Dodge just shoots him. <laughs> and honestly, in that moment, I was like, good on you, sir. But obviously he's not human. So he's still alive. Um, and then we go back to Munder and he's scuba diving through the water and he ends up getting sucked in by, I guess, like, what, what are those propellers? Yeah. I was gonna call them gears? propellers. Gears. Yeah. Yeah. Some big he gears. He gets ground up into fucking chum. I love it. And then they show like pieces of his body at the bottom of the, of on the, the floor. Upper thing? Yeah. yeah. It's just his head and like his two hands just sitting there. <laughs> it's kind of a cool shot. Um, but he ends up dying anyways. And so, uh, Ep goes and her idea at this point now she's seen the truth she knows that ferryman is just trying to kill everybody and continuously you know collect souls and meet his quota so her plan now is to just blow up the ship and have it sink because that's the way to end this as so she thinks so she has a whole bunch of c4 explosives rigged up she's ready to blow a hole in this place dodge comes into the room is like questioning her and being like let's not do it why would you do that why let's we have the gold why are you gonna blow up this ship and in that moment, she's like, you're suspicious. For the first time in this movie, she, ha she has a hunch, finally. And she's like, yeah, you're a little suspicious. And then so he reveals himself to be Ferryman. I guess we're to assume that Dodge has been killed. Yeah, um, so he's like a... Apparently, Ferryman's a fucking skinwalker, too. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe when he collects a soul, he has the uh, ability to morph <laughs> into that person. Yeah. Yeah, but so he's tricking her, and he turns back into himself, and... Um, he like with his mind has a rusty pole come out of nowhere and hit her in the head and send her into the water. And so they have a little tussle in the water before she's able to very precisely shoot the detonation button with 
uh, I don't even know what she uses. It looks like a, a harpoon. A harpoon, yeah. But she does that. It causes a huge explosion. She's underneath the water, and Katie is like, this way, and leads her to a door that takes her out of the ship. She gets out of the ship, and this is when we see all the fucking bodies, the spirits floating to the surface. And the next morning, she wakes up afloat in the water with a cruise ship finding her. And again, how are these people sleeping in the ocean, just floating? (laughs) I mean... I mean, I guess I can understand her maybe taking a quick little cat nap after everything that she just went through. I mean, I guess she's just pure exhausted. Imagine, so she's floating on this box and then a shark just... (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. That would have been the perfect ending to this movie, to be honest. (laughs) That would have been the perfect way to wrap up Aquatic Horror Month. It really honestly would have. But what we get instead is her, you know, after being picked up by this cruise ship on the dock now, she's being put into an EMS, an ambulance. And while she's in this ambulance, she notices her entire crew walking onto the ship with carrying the gold, carrying the gold. And Ferryman is right behind them and they close the door on her and she's screaming no. And that's how the movie ends. So let's go ship. Let's go ship. (laughs) Okay. So first off, uh, we sorry, guys. Uh, Well, first, actually, before we kind of wrap everything up. We didn't really even kind of get into the conversation at the beginning of this movie and it falling into the aquatic horror subgenre. I think we did maybe talk about it the first episode a little bit. I think just to defend ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just to uh, <laughs> set up for us talking about this movie. But I do think that this falls within aquatic horror still. I really do. Pretty much anything on the ocean. I mean, it's a singular a, ship a, uh, on the ocean. Anything in a body of water. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of swimming, a lot of scuba diving. I mean, the ship is sinking. You know, there's a lot of water involved in this movie. It's an aquatic horror movie. Like, I really do think it is. Yeah. Um, I love the element of it being like a supernatural aquatic horror movie. I don't know. It's really nifty, and I really didn't hate this movie. I really did like it. And maybe it's just because we've been watching a bunch of like silly movies all month that this one felt a little bit more put together. I guess. Yeah. Even though the demon thing is like kind of still kind of confusing to me. Do we do we like it because it's paranormal? <laughs> no. It's not actually. No, no, because the paranormal subgenre for me is also something that I'm not like super like excited to watch a paranormal. Oh, you're wild, movie. Girl. I love paranormal. But but to me it's because of, I mean I, I mean again, like maybe we just were like we were provided so much like paranormal in the like 2010s in the 2010s yeah so like we were brought up with that so i'm just kind of it's not something that i'm like immediately like excited about like to be quite honest but i think after a month of like subpar movies movies like this one One felt like a little bit of a plot we're here for a little bit of a plot a hot cast for me at least and um honestly some crazy visuals again like the beginning is obviously iconic like it's fantastic and a lot of the deaths that we do get in this movie are pretty cool like yeah. i'm not gonna lie there's not any moments where it's like i see it and i'm like oh girl like that's some bad cgi yeah. or that's a bad like effect like it's all pretty good especially if you account for this being 2002 yeah quite honestly and also like even the dynamic between the characters is like very believable i wasn't like the entire time i was watching this movie i didn't like i didn't cringe at like any interactions like everybody felt very believable in who they were um yeah it was great girl like i don't know i was maybe expecting more cringe 
but I, I I didn't get that. Obviously, there's some like stupid stuff. Like again, like nobody sticking together, um, and people just wandering around this ghost ship and just not giving it, you know, any type of, you know, I don't know. But beyond that, I think it's a really really solid movie. The only thing that I question in this movie is why the fuck did Katie's parents let her go on a cruise ship by herself? <laughs> why did they leave They her? went to America. They, they moved to New York and left their daughter, I guess we're to assume in England? Somewhere overseas. And just like, you catch the next boat, baby, and we'll see you there. We'll pick you up at the dock. Yeah. No explanation as to why she was on the ship by the, or herself. I mean, I guess, I guess we're not supposed to think too much about it. But yeah, I was also like, I why? Is That's she the only this? thing I'm thinking about. Yeah, why? As a mom, I'm like, what? I mean, I know people allow their kids to fly by themselves all the time, but like, I feel like a ship is a lot more dangerous for a kid to be by themselves on. Like, at least with the plane, like you know, it's a single. Like it's a single plane. You're sitting down the entire time. There's a stewardess that's watching you the entire time. Like I would feel more safe with my child flying by themselves than them walking around a cruise ship by themselves. That's crazy to me. It really is. But she seems to like have like a relationship with the crew. So, you know, maybe the crew's been instructed to just take care of her because she like talks to one of them. Well, I guess they don't talk, but she like messes with her little weird little puzzle thing at the beginning with one of them. The captain dances with her. So maybe we're just to assume like she's being watched over by the crew. Also, um, when they first get onto the ship that she has like a weird like Scrabble looking thing. But when they get onto the ship, it's like there in the background. We can see it. And when they like walk out of a room, it spells out welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. But they don't spell aboard correctly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, well, I think they're just trying to do with what they can go. Yeah. No, it's I, probably just a child spelling it. It's supposed to be her or something. Because I think at the beginning she's putting like I'm bored on it. So yeah. it just it stays that way because that's how she's died. Right. Um. And I get, like you said, yeah, they're just trying to, like, welcome aboard. Ooh, spooky. But I'm like, bitch, turn the block around a little bit more and just spell it correctly. <laughs> Come on. You need another A in there, you dumb bitch. Come on, Steve Beck. Let's figure it out. Um, But, yeah, honestly. What are we rating her out of? Ooh. Uh, How many hooks? Okay. out of they're just two ghost ships, right? How many ghost ships? Yeah. yeah. How many ghost ships do we get? How many ferrymen? I love that. How many ferrymen? Let's do that. Um, how many ferrymen are you giving this movie? Mm, I'd give her a solid three and a half. Yeah, same. Also three and a half. I honestly am so happy that I that we came back to a movie from my childhood that I remember liking, and I still like it. It doesn't happen often, and this month has been a clear indication of that. Yeah. Uh, so the I'm nostalgia happy. goggles did you well this week. Yeah, I, it really was. I mean, it was. Quick, concise, like the movie. No slurs. I don't think. My brain is racking right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any I mean, slurs. I guess the, the gay joke is a little badly the, timed. The gay joke but. is a little offensive. Um, they do kill the people of a color first. Literally back to back, I think. Right. Um, but beyond that. Not really problematic. Not really problematic, which is crazy crazy especially for early 2000s? for 2002 right and honestly, nobody dropped the f word nobody there girl. was um there was two people of color no slurs yeah uh munder does at one point to greer call him like my brother or something or he's like brother give me give me it gives me hulk hogan it gives me microaggression <laughs> i wasn't a fan of that okay um but beyond that yeah i don't really th- i mean he didn't drop like the n-word he didn't thank god and obviously also with uh Santos. I mean, for me, just personally, like 
being a Mexican. Yeah. I hate when bitches talk to me in Spanish. Like who? Like, uh, to me personally, I'm, I'm. But also, I'm a sensitive Sally. To me, I'm like, bitch, don't talk to me in Spanish because I'm obviously a Latinx. Like, don't do that to me. So there's a, there's some points too where they like talk to Santos and like they throw in Spanish words every now and then. I'm like, bitch, just talk to me. I understand what the fuck you're saying in English. Just talk to me in English. Don't you sound stupid trying to act like you know Spanish? Just stop that. So they do that a couple times with Santos too. But again, that's just me being nitpicky and you know trying to find reasons to you know attack an early two thousands movie. But honestly, beyond that, it really isn't like as problematic, and it makes me happy because I think I would I will come back and watch this movie. I can very easily see myself watching this again. Oh yeah, especially high or drunk. Okay, especially right impaired. <laughs> yeah, and again, like we said, like it's fast paced. Like the movie is she's moving, <laughs> like she's moving the movie's moving. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's gonna be our new our new tagline instead of spooky kooky. The movies are movie in. <laughs> I love this movie. I really do. It's obviously not a masterpiece, um, but it's very enjoyable. And I mean, with the nostalgia attached to it, it could probably be a comfort movie. I could easily get high, throw it on, lay down, you know, doom scroll Twitter, read about you know what pandemic is happening next, and have it on in the background and enjoy myself. My favorite line is, oh, my God, you really are a fucking ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's rank the movies that we watched this month before we head out. Okay, Okay, guys, so this is the end of the month. I think this is going to be a regular thing from us from now on. I think it's fun to rank movies within a certain theme because we keep our months to a theme. I think it'd be fun to rank them at the end of every month. Um, including the bonus episodes for the Patreon. So obviously, if you want to join the Patreon, you can go and hear our full thoughts on our bonus episodes and those movies. So in the ranking, it might seem a little bit confusing to you if you don't know our thought process behind those movies. Um, But feel free to join the Patreon and listen to that. But let's go ahead and bring them up, girl. So this month, to the table, we have The Shallows. We have The Cave. We have Lake Placid. Ghost Ship, Anaconda, The Requin, and honestly, we haven't seen Underwater yet, so we can't rank it yet. Yeah, we will have to rank it in a post. Okay, yeah. So for the for the people who listen to the Patreon episode of us discussing Underwater, you will get the extra tidbit of seeing where it goes in our ranking. Um, but let's go ahead and rank the movies that we have seen this month so far. So should we start? Should we start at the bottom? What you would have at the bottom? Sure. Okay, what is your movie at the bottom? The Requin. The Requin. I am right there with you. The worst movie I've seen quite possibly ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what's next for you? The Cave. I will also do The Cave. I agree with you. I think we're going to have the same ranking. I would also do The Cave. What's next? Um, The Shallows. Really? Mine's Lake Placid. No, I enjoyed Lake Placid a lot more. Than The Shallows? Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I feel like they're maybe on the same. There's like the same level because they're like when fighting I, it out. And I feel like underwater might be the tiebreaker for that one. I think you'll like underwater. Mm. That's Kristen Stewart. Do we not like Kristen Stewart? I like Kristen Stewart. Maybe that's just my own bias. Um, but I don't remember the movie too much. So maybe I mean I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think I don't know. It's hard between The Shallows and Lake Placid. I want to say that Lake Placid is objectively the worst movie. Or uh, no. the worst. Out of, if we're looking at The Shallows and Lake Placid side by side, uh, just with acting and like story, okay. Lake Placid is a worse movie You're, than The okay. Shallows. It's just objectively like I, we can have opinions. Everybody's open to their own opinion. 
No, I'm trying to think of like the plot and you're yeah, okay. I mean, I don't like the shallows. I really don't. But like and again, everybody can have their own opinion, but like facts are facts. The Shallows is just objectively a better movie, but I do think not now that you say it, I will probably rank it underneath Lake Placid because when I think back on it, I don't remember much about The Shallows, girl. Like I don't. And with Lake Placid, I remember everything Betty White did. I think The Shallows is going to stay where I have it because at least I was able to laugh at Lake Placid. Yeah, and again, I remember everything that at Betty White Shallows, did. At The Shallows, I was just there. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't Yeah, you know what? She's not memorable. Just chilling. She really is not a memorable movie. So even though it, it, it objectively, in terms of you know probably budget and everything, is just like a more glossier, prettier movie than Lake Placid, I will also rank Lake Placid above it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's more of a fun sit through. Yeah, because The Shallows was just boring to me. Yep. Okay. So then The Shallows, Lake Placid. Okay, and that leaves Anaconda and Ghost Ship. Uh huh. Which were the two best movies we've seen this month? I'm not going to lie. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I kind of feel like they are very neck and neck. Yeah, I think I think Anaconda is top tier for me. Okay. so you, I think it's number one. So next would be Ghost Ship and then Anaconda. Okay. You know what? I agree with you. I think Anaconda is my number one for the month. Um, I definitely. And it's I, get, I was able to giggle. And also Ice Cube. Ice Cube and I don't care about J-Lo, but like we, at least the people of color in that movie make it to the end. So already she's at the top for me. On top of that, uh, we have Owen Wilson being Owen Wilson. And not that I'm a fan, it works in the movie because he's kind of just there and he's kind of hot. Um, and we get Danny Trejo very momentarily. And I think I love the way the snake is in that movie. Yeah, I, you're right. I, and I, it's hard because I actually really do like Ghost Ship too. I do too. I'm not like you said. It's very neck and neck. But because I was able to laugh more at Anaconda. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cool. And also, the only notable person for me in this movie is Emily Brown. You're right. Even Epps, who I feel so bad for. No, you know what? Before we go, what else is she in? Because she does look very familiar. She's in Sucker Punch. She's in. No, not Emily Browning. Um, oh. Epps, Juliana Margulius. Oh. She, Ghost Ship is one of her top build films on her filmography. So bad for her. Uh, um, she's in ER. ER. So she was in the show ER. <laughs> she's in Dinosaur. Snakes on a Plane. She's in Snakes on a Plane? Apparently. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 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 In 2015, Time Magazine named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world. She hasn't been in. I mean, she has credits. I'm not going to sit here and discredit her in any way. But, like, she she has a face that I feel like I've seen her more than I have. She's only... Oh, never mind. I saw the years that she was active, which is 1991. <laughs> and I thought that was the year she was born. And I was like, how is she only... <laughs> <laughs> she was born in 1966. Yeah, girl. Girl, she could have been on the ship when they got beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay, you know what? I will look back fondly on this month for being... Crazy. A fucking shit show. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we kind of talked about it in the in a bonus episode on Patreon. Um, it might be a little bit before we come back to the subgenre. We're definitely going to need to have a a very long, extensive palate cleansing of um, aquatic horror movies. But I again, there are so many other movies in the subgenre that I still would love to cover with you. So maybe one day um, we can come back to it at some point. Uh, but for now, again, I'll look back fondly on it, and I'm very happy to just keep pushing forward. 
and hit the next month because next month is going to be a really fun time. Do we want to say what it is? We can say the theme. Why not? Right. We're doing road trip. Yeah, we're doing road ro- trip horror. Yeah, road trip horror. So we're aiming for uh, movies that are in cars on roads, and <laughs> there's hitchhikers, and there's trips, road <laughs> there's trips. trips, crazy, uh, and there's maybe Roadhead. Who knows? But that's the vibe that if we're. If I'm going involved, with. there's a hundred percent. If I'm involved. There's, yeah, 100% roadhead happening. <laughs> Adrian and I are going on a road trip this weekend, so I feel uncomfortable now. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I mean, I've given roadhead. Oh, my God. Can I get in trouble for that? Is that illegal? I think it's probably like a safety thing. I don't know if that can be like indecency because like technically you're covered. Oh, my God. Have you seen Army of the Dead? Yeah. The beginning of the movie where he's getting roadhead and then like they lead the entire like they crash into the fucking the car that like releases all the zombies. Oh. <laughs> so roadhead was the downfall of society. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I probably reckless driving for sure. Yeah. Um, didn't stop me multiple times. Me either. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we're moving into that theme next month. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Aquatic Horror Month. And next month we have some fun choices. We have some fun guests. And I can't wait for you guys to listen. Want to plug our uh, Patreon yes. subscribers? Patrons? Patrons. Our patrons. Um, so uh, let me go ahead and get them pulled up. If you want to go ahead and tell everybody first where they can find us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can email us at slashherpod at gmail.com. You can stream us at pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Uh, You can find us on Patreon at slashher. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead and roll with them. Yeah, let's give them a shout out. So thank you so much to our Patreons. Thank you to Patience, to Alma R, Michael D, Annie C, Yvette R, Reed J, E shelf and a nightmare on fear street so thank you guys so much of course for supporting the podcast and you know just allowing us to continue forward and continue to talk shit about movies um this was a wild month thank you guys so much for joining us and stick to the podcast stay tuned and next week we're going to be going on some spooky road trips with you guys but yeah stay spooky guys stay spooky bye, bye.